A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Wow. and welcome to the Abroad Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by top London radio DJ and certified Japanophile, Mr. Pete Donaldson. Pete, how are you doing? When is the word probably the best guide to Japan going to become definitely the best guide to Japan? Is that not for you to say, or is it for other people to say, is the question for me. I feel like after after one year of doing this podcast, we kind of level up like a Pokemon, and that probably becomes a definitely. Yes, we evolve. Um, exactly. The uncertainty <laughs> dissipates, we evolve, and we become definitely the greatest source of information on Japan ever. Mm. We eat ourselves. Form. We eat ourselves. We get right up our own behinds and we eat ourselves. That was too You've graphic. You've just taken a pretty cool situation and made it quite graphic and unpleasant yeah well you know it's late for me and early for you so what are you going to do about it <laughs> the last yes. podcast we recorded was early for me and late for you except I made it later for me because I slept in yay yeah now it, oh how the tables have turned it's 8am <laughs> like here in Japan I've just woken up and the first thing I'm doing is sitting in front of a microphone speak with Pete Donaldson ladies and gentlemen yeah this wouldn't is, wish it upon anyone this is like pillow talk <laughs> for Chris this is him just waking up and you know Full of the joys Not of waking up, cool. and now he's writing a podcast town population. Him speaking, speaking of waking up, mm. Pete, I have the world's worst neighbour. I've oh, decided. Right. Um, so a few months ago, a brand new neighbour moved in, and in Japan, you don't, I've never met a single one of my neighbours. Yes, it's kind of funny. People here are quite shy. I think they know I'm a foreigner, so they make an extra effort to hide away from me <laughs> and uh, keep the hell away. Um, so I never see them. But I've seen my new neighbour once. It's a guy. I know that much. Mm. Um, but he is... I think he has um, OCD. I'm right. pretty certain he has OCD. I hope he has OCD, because I don't know what other reason it would be. So about 7am every morning, without fail, I wake up to the sound of banging noise. Mm. And it's the sound of the door to his apartment being shut and locked. And then he walks off, right? So he goes away, he locks his door, yeah. and off he goes to work. Except he doesn't, because 20 seconds later, He'll he returns to the front door, and he starts locking it again. And <laughs> uh, he, pu- he pulls the door towards himself ten times. One, two, three, four. And Whoa. each time, there's a little gap in the door, right? So he's doing it to test that the door's definitely locked. And there's a little gap in the door uh, after it's locked, so it kind of gives this loud vibration sound of the yep. metal of the door hitting the metal mm. frame of the door. And it's like he's checking the door lock. He does this ten times, right? <laughs> oh, no. Bang, bang, bang. And my my bloody head is <laughs> next to the wall where his front door is. So I hear it with perfect clarity. 
10 times, bang, bang, bang. I wake up and I'm like, oh no, not again. And some days he'll walk off then and then he'll come back again a second time and, do and he'll do it again. Times. Bang, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Bang, 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 bang. Oh my God, what's he doing? At first I thought, <laughs> the first month I just thought, oh, he's just got a crap door. But then one day I walked outside and I, I actually witnessed him do it. I saw him sort of walk away, come back and just test it. And it, clearly something's not right there. Oh. Uh, the only reason I haven't opened the door at 7am and shouted at him is because I'm a little bit sympathetic to the plight of people with OCD. Usually mm. it is a traumatic experience. Something must have happened to him. Somebody, maybe, maybe somebody robbed him or broke into his flat once or something. But uh, yes, it's bloody annoying. It's a really weird situation to be in and I don't know what to do. I don't want to confront him about it yeah. I don't know how he'll react. Uh, and yeah, I don't want to be the, the sort of troublemaking foreigner. <laughs> what would you do? Yeah, the the problem with it's that... It's a really annoying, frustrating, weird situation. It, like, yeah. who would have dreamt this situation would happen to you every morning? 7am, you're laying in bed. I usually get up around 8.30 to 9, uh, okay. sometimes 10 if I'm editing till late. And it's just horrible because you just wake up to this banging noise and you just... You know it's going to keep happening for the next 20 minutes. You're going to be laying there awake with this banging noise going on and on. And it, it's clearly driving me slightly mental. It's and, 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 you, and you kind of and you kind of you are sympathetic but also the fact that it is kind of needless makes it a little bit more annoying but the one thing i would sort of say about japanese apartments is that um every airbnb i've stayed in um the thing that's always surprised me is all of the doors are frequently metal they're, they're always metal on metal it's like an aluminium sort of steel mix i don't know what what what, what kind of metal it is but it's very rare anywhere else in the world to have a metal on metal interaction it's usually wood on upvc <laughs> metal or UPV- metal interaction yeah it's like you know you wake up in the morning <laughs> and, and it is quite loud and it's you know and it even though they're, they're, they're quite quiet people it's the, the the closing of the door it's just a big metal contraption um and, and nowhere else in the world have i ever experienced so much like metal on metal action in the morning you're quite you've right you've deployed such such poetic rhetoric to describe this this experience of metal on metal but why, like, why do they um, could you not just buy him like um like a upvc door or something just buy him like a plastic door i don't know why he's double checking the thing i mean you live in sendai it's, well, not, it's not double checking what's what's 10 times to the power of three you know he's doing do- it three to- <laughs> at least three times yeah, thirty times he's checking that door, and I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure it's a good door because I've got the same door, and I know it works. Uh, <laughs> so I, honestly, I I nearly did get up uh, yesterday. It happened really badly, and I nearly just. It's it was really annoying. It like happened twice. Mm. So he, he checked it twenty times at this point, and then you hear him walk off towards the elevator, towards the lift. Yeah, and you think, thank God, now it's time to go back to sleep. But there's a sense of dread, and you can feel it, and then. You hear the footsteps tap, tap, tap coming back, and you're like, oh my God, not again. <laughs> and it'll bang, and it'll happen again, and I'll lose my temper. I nearly went out yesterday and just went, what's wrong with your door? What's going on with the door? Why isn't the door working? What are you doing to your door? Was your door right? I nearly had a mental breakdown. And, uh, oh, yeah. oh um, God. It's a, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because if you start doing it back to him even earlier than him, eh, that's a pain in the bum. Could you, I mean, it might be worth just sort of saying, could your 
situation uh, condition manifests itself in, in a slightly quieter <laughs> manner, sir, if you don't want me asking, or <laughs> if this is going to be the situation every morning, <laughs> would you be offended if I added rubber pads to the inner lining of your door? Because it is rather loud, and you do it rather early. Thank you. And, and First of all... <laughs> I'd have trouble doing that in English. Even if I was in the UK and this situation arose, I'd have trouble doing that in Japanese. Trying to find the words to eloquently say, Certainly do you want rubber in your door? Is, can you obsessively, compulsively, disorderly check your door more quietly, please? I don't know how to say that in Japanese. No. Barely know how to say it in English. Oh, God. This is, this is such an annoying situation. It's, it's, it's to the point that it's almost comedic because it's so ridiculous. Oh, like, it's, and, and awkward as well. Oh. It's, it's a very British kind of um, problem because you're going, oh, I don't want to make a big deal because I'll be seen as a troublemaker. But in reality, this is actually quite problematic. I'm, fa- I'm fairly sure one of my, if, if I was an American, one of my American friends would have opened the door and <laughs> a few days in and been like, what's going on with the what door? What the fuck, man? <laughs> the fuck is exactly. wrong with your door? Um, That's exactly what they would have said in a New Jersey accent. Throw it, throw uh, it open, throw it open to the um, listeners. If anyone's got any um, experience with dealing with this sort of situation, because it, you know, yeah, that that is upsetting. I, I would find that very upsetting. <laughs> upsetting. Yeah, that's exactly How the did, word. What happened to Chris Broad? Oh, he had a mental breakdown because his neighbour with obsessive compulsive disorder sent him over the edge. Yeah, just use door banging behaviour. Just use it like an alarm clock in many ways. It's just the smallness of the banging. It's just bang, bang. It's not a big bang, right? It's kind of right. like a little bang that happens again and again. And ah, oh. anyway, we've already spent ten minutes of me I'm talking about it. this annoying problem. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're enjoying. I'm sure some of the listeners are enjoying listening to my pain, <laughs> the real life of a YouTuber. What goes on behind the scenes yeah. of the abroad in Japan Empire? It's just me laying in bed every morning, getting angry and frustrated by. A Door banging noise. Maybe I mean I'm trying Not to think what, what other uh, metal on metal situations are in your apartment uh, building. Um, I imagine once you've finished editing a, um, a particularly exciting video, you slam your laptop in jubilation, and the aluminium lid <laughs> smashes, and that's what he gets so annoyed about. He's just giving you a little bit back. Or maybe it's yeah, maybe it's revenge. For yeah, the podcast that massively or something. I don't know. But either way. <laughs> It's a crap situation. It is. And I'm, I'm sorry, going to lose man. my temper. Something's going to happen. <laughs> Something's going to happen. Um, another situation I found I've got to work out. So that mm. An equally difficult situation, an equally difficult decision. Uh, as I reach the end of my cycle now, I have hair. I have hair on my face. Facial hair, I call it. And um, I've got like a little beard and a little moustache. And <laughs> you would have seen it when you were on the cycle. But now it's in like, now it's a lot bigger mm. and more profound and um, profound. because I've been cycling <laughs> profound, profound facial hair so I've been doing it a month and a half right and I didn't want to shave for continuity mm. purposes I wanted to show the progress of time so <laughs> you can see you know you start the cycle on day one and by day 35, 36 or whatever you can yeah. see I've got hair on my face I quite like it and I don't know what if I should get rid of it completely or keep it and trim it and make it more refined mm. um, what do you think viewers I'm putting this one to the listeners of the podcast um, if you Look at recent videos, you can see what it looks like. But uh, I don't know, do I look better with or without facial hair? What do you think, Pete? I mean, I've got a few years on you, and I'm furious that I've never been able to grow a beard. I did Movember once, which is a charity, if you're not familiar, where people, men, um, basically show off to get sponsored to grow a moustache for... um, 
uh, cancer awareness. I think it's prostate cancer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And um, and I could only grow a little moustache. I can only, my hair only grows in a um, a little goatee beard and a moustache. So um, <laughs> I've, there's no other place that it really grows. Like I've never been able to grow sideburns or anything like that, which is very upsetting. So to see you, a man okay. who I am way older than, be able to grow a perfectly serviceable little beard it's uh it's, it's kind of upsetting and your hair is so dark that's the thing that gets me your hair is so dark and i'm starting to get little white hairs in my beard uh such as it is and it's like, quite upsetting well, that so my do first, I. I have two well my first full beard will be a white beard i reckon it's going to be very upsetting it's going to be harrowing it is like gandalf in it <laughs> yeah definitely. gandalf the donaldson <laughs> yeah, yeah it's my it's, two big uh, my two Big situations, my two big decisions. What do I do about my neighbour with obsessive compulsive disorder? What do I do about my facial hair? Help me out, mm. guys. This is what the podcast is for. I'm get your, <laughs> get your agony arm situation. If your neighbour wants Send to in. indulge in a, a repetitive motion um, every morning, <laughs> maybe he could come around and shave you every morning. <laughs> oh, God. That's, Shake me. What is it? You and all this horrible imagery you're conjuring up this morning. It's too early in the morning for a me. A Japanese man just shaving this. you. <laughs> Oh, God. Anyway, guys, um, seeing as we have been cycling uh, the last month, we have come back to the fax machine overflowing mm. with comments and questions sent in by you guys. So this week, like last week, we'll be answering your comments and questions you've sent in. What is the first one we've got, Mr. Donaldson? Oh, well, uh, can we go for Tian's one in Perth in Australia, or do you want um, Anders? Let's go, go for Anders. To, let's go for Anders then. All right. Hey, Chris and Pete. Loving the awesome podcast. Nice. Uh, <laughs> I just did Kevin out of the office uh, in the US. Nice. Uh, listening to all the previous episodes on my way to work, driving across the plains of southern Sweden, sipping on my cappuccino, just wanting to go to Japan more and more for each episode. I think driving across Beautiful. the plains of uh, southern Sweden, sipping on cappuccino, that sounds pretty good to me. Um, the Japanese. pretty glorious. It does quite sound good, doesn't it? I love Sweden. Um, the Japanese lessons you give are so well, but they don't stick that easy in my mind but i've noticed myself looking out over the morning sunrise saying wow in the voice of uh, he's written natsaki instead <laughs> of natsuki so he's basically written nutsack. <laughs> the voice of na- <laughs> the, vo- the voice of a nutsack <laughs> the voice of natsuki going wow <laughs> wow natsaki yeah <laughs> natsaki no one wants to drink that so, oh god so no not in november anyway <laughs> Not allowed it. Um, I do have a question, though. Why don't you have a car, Chris? Is it too expensive? You're in the land of awesome cars, for crying out loud. Yeah, Chris, why don't you get a, f- a bloody car with all your YouTube money, you, you bitch? Well, I, <laughs> I used to have a car. I used to have a really... Um, on the surface, it looked like a crappy car. It's right. a Toyota Starlet. And if oh. you go back and look through some of my older videos before 2000. 16. I had it then for two, three years. I loved it, right? It was made in 1996. It was mm. green, except it was kind of faded green. Um, and bits of it were just falling apart. Like, the air conditioning didn't work, which <laughs> in Japan in summer is brutal. Yeah. So I had to do the windows down every time it was a hot day. Um, and even then, the windows didn't work sometimes. So that was also problematic. But it just kept on going. It was a furious little fighter. It was a lovely little mm. car. Like, I don't know if you've seen Top Gear much, but they always... Talk about how Toyotas are invincible, right? Oh, we did talk about this before, I remember, uh, a few weeks ago. But, um, yeah, it was a lovely little car. But I just don't need one living in Sendai City because it's so well-connected, Japan. If you live in an urban area, such as Sendai, um, you've got untold amounts of buses and trains and things. And it's just a nightmare driving through cities in Japan in a car. I really don't enjoy it. Mm. So as much as I want a car... Like, this is the first time, since moving to Sendai, it's the first time in 10 years that I haven't had a car. And I 
Like driving in the countryside is my favourite thing. It's how I de-stress. So yeah. I just sort of sit in the car listening to the Smiths and various 80s music and be happy. But I haven't been able to do that for two, three years. Maybe that's why I'm more stressed since moving to Sendai. Um, <laughs> because living in Sendai is my first time to live in a city. And not only that, but I don't have my car to de-stress. So I suspect that's why my stress levels are higher in Sendai, actually. Can I, can I um, recommend... That and the neighbours and the doors. The bloody <laughs> yeah, exactly. OCD neighbours of Sendai. Can I, can I um, recommend you going down the arcade and having a couple of goes on uh, Mario Kart or um, something like that, Gran Turismo? There's a new... Um, there was a, Whilst <laughs> listening to the Smiths yeah. on my earphones. Just have a bit of that. The, what Perfect. I like about Japanese arcades is that um, you actually have um, those train simulators. They're very, very, very popular. Um and they're really quite hard yeah. to figure out. I mean, we might have spoken about these in, in the past, but you could get like custom, well, not custom, but like actually, um, you know, the, the Sega Genesis or the um, the, the PlayStation had um, customized kind of train controllers you could buy back in the day. So you'll occasionally see them in charity shops or book offs or whatever you call them, hard offs, uh, the second hand mm. shops in Japan. You'll see these like. Um, specialized controllers for the playstation 2 and playstation or dreamcast where it's basically the controls for a train so you can play train simulators at home and stuff so i reckon that'd be quite therapeutic i've (laughs) never understood the thrill of train simulator given that you are basically going forwards or not going forwards forwards (laughs) or stop exactly where's the excitement in that it's about timing Why? it's about it's about using the inertia of your carriage the, the, the trains are quite fascinating in, in that <laughs> I'm not a big train fan but I'm scared I might be slipping into being a train I, fan I was not expecting to hear that phrase this morning using the inertia of your carriage yeah <laughs> if you if you if you're familiar with sounds um, like one of your chat up lines Pete <laughs> sort of thing you'd use in Hartlepool when I'm boggling, when I'm grinding up on it, so to speak, <laughs> I'm using the inertia of my carriage. Um, no, um, a friend told me who is a train driver. He used to be um, the drive time uh, DJ on Capital Radio, one of the biggest radio stations in the UK slash the world. And he gave it all up just to become a train driver. And the what? piece of how much the rails actually touch the wheels is incredible if you ever see the cross section of a, of a wheel touching a train um, rail I know we've gone off the rails literally with this um, I find them fascinating I find the inertia of trains quite fascinating that's why they can't climb over hills because um, if you started a train going really really quickly at say Reading you know where Reading is you know how far away from yeah. London that is and it was gone full yeah. pelt you just took your um, feet off the gas and just let it roll to a, to a stop it would crash through the barriers at Paddington that's how much inertia a train has that's why they're so hard to stop so so how do you stop it um we very carefully <laughs> you don't go very fast that's why so yes there you have it ladies and gentlemen there you go train facts of the train, train facts. facts of the day yeah the portion that actually touches the rail of a train wheel is roughly the size of a cd train wheels are quite big the actual contact between that and the rail is actually quite small so you learn something new every Intriguing. day. And if only the contact between the door and the door frame of your neighbour was <laughs> as small and featherlight, you might be all right. I'm glad you managed to work that story back into the, I'm just in the trying context to get, of a train. Trying to get back on Speaking track, of trains, <laughs> one of the reasons I found out the other day that the reason the Shinkansen can move so swiftly and elegantly mm. without losing any traction around corners and things is the, uh, every single wheel on the bullet train is actually powered. So like a, you know, have a car, you have a car with a four-wheel drive, all wheels are in motion. Yeah. On the bullet train, all the carriages, all the wheels are actually powered. So it gives the train a lot better kind of traction and it's able to turn the corners lots more mm. swiftly. 
And th- and that's the th- one thing you do uh, notice as well the smoothness of the actual ride as well. I sort of noticed that when I was when I came back to um, London and got on a well, there was a London Underground train, but there was also an Overground train as well. And it, I just sort of thought, wow, you forget how smooth the Shinkansen is. It is just like a float on a cloud. You can really get some good sleep. It's, you know, it's really an experience that's hard to put into words for. I think for a lot of us in the UK, yeah. probably in the US as well, where they don't have bullet trains no. but it's just a, a beautiful thing gliding through the countryside and cities effortlessly at 200 like miles an hour mm. it's a beautiful thing honestly i don't know why we don't have it in the uk yet why haven't we invented it yet pete <sighs> privatization privatization chris <laughs> debate for another day uh tian from perth australia says hello chris and pete i wish i could set a nicer scene but i'm sitting at my desk at work but the day is made better by binge listening to the podcast for my up-and-coming trip to japan december or january Ooh. my fiance and i will be in osaka for four days and i was planning a trip a day trip to nara but after hearing and seeing pictures of himeji castle i'm now tempted to visit himeji do you think it's possible to visit himeji in a day or is nara a better place to visit i wish i could visit both but i'll be heading to nisiko after to ski thanks guys keep up the good work tian uh, that's an easy one that's an open and shut mm. case I'd say Nara is better than Himeji Himeji Castle is pretty grand pretty spectacular but seeing as he's gonna be in Osaka anyway yeah. you can see Osaka Castle which isn't quite as spectacular it's bigger but it's uh, not as beautiful as Himeji Castle but in Nara you've got lots of things to see and do um, whereas in Himeji I think you, you kind of go for the castle mainly other than that it's a lovely city but I, yeah Nara's got a lot more historic and cultural value like there's the the uh, giant Daibutsu statue, large Buddha statue in a temple, which is an incredible thing to see. The Todaiji Temple, highly recommend it. You've got the nodding deer of Nara as well. Have you ever met them, Pete? Chris, I am an expert on the nodding deers of Nara, who um, I think I spoke about them on the podcast before. One of them followed me into a kitchen, and I was just alone with this deer in a kitchen, um, and I ate some of their biscuits. It was very nice. (laughs) It was just a really relaxing day. It was just. A, it was in. The, I think there were the kitchen. I think it was the kitchen where they make the biscuits. I don't know. how I found my way in the kitchen where they make the deer. But what the deer. I was expecting to say. <laughs> don't know why I was expecting that. <laughs> but yeah, it was Early all very strange. <laughs> it was all very strange. But yeah, you're right. I mean, Nara's got deers and all kinds of buildings and stuff. Um, but Himeji's just kind of about the the castle um, as a, a UNESCO site in it. I mean, it is Good a beautiful year. castle. I have I have seen it. Um, I saw it two or three weeks ago when I cycled through it. And actually, the um, Ryotaro and I cycled up to it and finished one day there and ah. started the next day in front of it. And it's, it's beautiful. It really is. Mm. Um, incredible place. Incredible castle. But, yeah, I'd say don't, don't... If you're in Osaka already, Nara is like a half-hour train ride, whereas mm. Himeji is a bullet train ride away. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd say stick with Nara. Have fun, and good luck in Nisiko, beautiful place, skiing resort in Hokkaido, the finest in Japan, so I hear. So, have a great trip, Tian. Enjoy the, the enjoy the dust. What do they call it? Dust? Snow? No, dust. What, do call, what do they call it? They Powdery call, snow. What do they call it? Powder, that's yeah. That, enjoy the that powder, sounds really man. sinister. Enjoy, enjoy the dust. Enjoy well, the then, dust. Arnold Schwarzenegger would say. <laughs> enjoy the dust, six feet under, baby. 
That would make a very it good threatening action hero. Uh, Jeff has got into your accent. Yeah, right. I'm going to hit you. Your voice is too. Your accent is far too friendly to exactly. ever sound threatening. Damn right. Um, <laughs> what I liked about that post you put on Twitter, um, you were trying to cajole people into slagging me off, basically saying, "How was Pete's debut on the Abroad Japan uh, podcast channel?" And I think everyone was really nice, Chris. I felt. I, was a, quite I felt. Oh, I know. Yeah, I was a little bit. To be honest, there was nothing really spicy. Um, couple Just of to give was, some uh, some context to listeners, last week uh, <laughs> before the podcast, I went on Twitter, and uh, because it was Pete's first episode on the Born Japan channel ever, his debut, as it were, yeah, I wanted to get some feedback from you guys on Twitter and everyone and see what they thought of Pete. So I, so I sort of said, you know, what do you think of Pete? How hmm. do you do? Let me know below. Everyone was nice, and I was really disappointed because I was expecting a, a wave, a torrent of abusive comments mm. and then I was going to just read them out for half an hour and have fun but they, they were all good it was really shocking the only criticism you got were for your shorts and I think that was it other than that your yeah. shorts weren't very good because you, you when, when we recorded the actual podcast last week I hadn't actually read any of them um, so I'd like to thank all the people for being very nice um, I've noticed that a lot of people just you know you, you spend a lot of time editing and putting out um, uh, videos and stuff people mm. can get rather um uh, uh, vociferous about uh, the rate of um, videos not coming out and I to them I kind of say Chris has got 50 hard drives full of videos that will be coming out <laughs> and you look at the quality of videos he releases every uh, week or month or whatever whenever he releases a video it's clearly a lot more involving than just pointing a camera at himself uh, I, so it, it, I, I don't understand annoying. it I think I set myself up because I sort of said, oh, the video's yeah. going to come out daily, right? Well, so a lot of people look forward to it. So it was my fault partially. On the other hand, you know, people do say it a lot, but I'm kind of happy because it means they want to see more videos, right? They want mm. to see more. But it just annoys me. Some people will be like, oh, finally, we've waited for months. It's like a video came out six days ago, for God's sake. Like, <laughs> give me a break. <laughs> God damn it. But, you can uh, be nice about it, can't you? Go like, oh, yeah, it's brilliant. I've been waiting for this or whatever. Or you've been waiting for one. I just sort of, because this is the first time I've been on your channel properly, I sort of got, I get a bit like, oh, no, this this was really hard work for Chris. I get all defensive about my boy. <laughs> I think I think it's hard to appreciate what editing is like unless you kind of do it. Like whenever I see someone editing a video or I see a decent video on YouTube, mm. like I kind of appreciate all the time and effort that's gone into it. Often yeah. it could take a week or two. So yeah, it takes a lot of time and effort, but uh, hopefully our videos a testament to that and they're good and people like them. Yeah. And your face. Damn straight. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. In our daily lives, we all carry around with us different stresses. They can be big, they can be small, and sometimes we might not even realise that we're carrying them around with us. But if these feelings stay bottled up, they can start to affect us negatively, which is why having a positive outlet for discussion can be such a valuable tool for your well-being. Therapy can be a perfect outlet for your inner stressors. It's a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just speaking things out into the open can be such a great release of inner tension. So you can spend less time stressing about the issue and more time figuring out how you can overcome it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash Japan today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash Japan. Fucking horrible. Oh. Oh. Wow. Um, next email. Jeff has got in touch. Hey, Chris and Pete. I'm excited about the rapidly impending Christmas season. Are you excited about the rapidly impending Christmas season? <laughs> you make that sound like one thing. The rapidly impending Christmas season. <laughs> hey, I've got you a rapidly impending Christmas season card. Uh, with that in mind, what do you both want for Christmas this year? Sounds like you're buying, Jeff. And uh, what past Christmas gift do you remember most fondly? Have a great week. Jeff I would like Jeff I would like a rubber door which I'll then bequeath <laughs> to my neighbour and so my stress levels will drop in the morning that's what I want Father Christmas to bring me a rubber door somebody invent a rubber door um, my best Christmas present is a tough one the first Christmas present I remember getting was Thunderbirds Tracy Island mm. um, for those of you who don't know what Thunderbirds is it's that puppet show from the 60s that kind of had a comeback in the 90s when I was a kid. You're such and an old soul, yeah, Chris. <laughs> you what? You're such an old soul. I know. I, when, it ca- I, I, when I watched it in the 90s growing up, Thunderbirds, right, I loved it. Puppet mm. show, rockets, missiles. It was, like, yeah. it was so cool. I thought, wow, this is amazing. This is so groundbreaking for the time. Uh, and yet it actually been made 40 years <laughs> earlier, in like the 60s. Um, but yeah, I remember getting Tracy Island and I wanted it so much. It was so cool. Tracy Island is the the island base where Thunderbirds launched their missions from and it had a little retractable uh, tunnel where the Mm. plane would come out and take off. Oh, it was magical. I loved that. And also uh, Nintendo 64. I remember getting that. That was a glorious day. I'm wrapping the Nintendo 64. Playing Goldeneye, playing Perfect Dark. Ah, such good memories. It feels like a dream. (laughs) It's so far away now. (laughs) What about you, Pete? Genuinely, about... um 
I don't think it was last year. It might have been the year before. I got a. This is going to sound like a um, like an advert, but like a board, like a tiny little, probably the size of an iPhone, a little Bose portable speaker. And genuinely, I use it every day, Chris. Now I'm a man who That's buys cool. wires and speakers and microphones and bits of technology constantly. Um, my Amazon when I have to submit my taxes to to my accountant. My credit card bill is disgusting. My accountant says, Peter, you can't possibly need all of this stuff. And I say, the answer is I don't, but I just seem to acquire things. You know, my flat was a pretty decent size before I moved in. Now I'm in, it's just getting smaller by the second, and I'm just getting covered in wires. I'm like a big spaghetti boy, and it's kind of upsetting. But this speaker I use every day. Somebody bought it for me, and I cannot love it more. It's just... Wonderful. So, yeah, literally Where just a Bluetooth speaker. Where do you use it? In speaker. your apartment? So I use it in the morning to listen to podcasts. I use it in to listen to radio. I listen, I, and I plug it into my projector at night to watch, I don't know, a Brooklyn Nine-Nine or an office or, you know, a family guy or something before I go to bed. Um, and it just, you know, it's nice and bassy and it, uh, it does the job. And, yeah, just, man, I, it's just great. <laughs> this podcast so is sponsored yeah. by Bose. Sponsored by Bose, um, I think they did sponsor our podcast very briefly. <laughs> but uh, our yeah. one, well, this one, I, uh, no, no. But like, I think our range, the Stakhanov uh, uh, Corporation, they're all of their uh, podcasts. The, the so so it might just as we started, maybe there might have been a, an advert put into the uh, put into the ether at some point. The special thought, but um, yeah, I, just, I don't know. I just I just really enjoy the versatility versatility of a but Bluetooth you've... speaker. <laughs> I've I've got I've got at least two Bluetooth speakers mm. because they are quite good. Um, what do you want for Christmas this year, though? Now you've got your wires, your cables, your Bluetooth mm. Bose speaker. What do you want this year? What could you well, possibly it, it, want? Well, it doesn't have to be Bose. I'm just sort of mentioning that as an example. But what I want for this Christmas <laughs> is um, a bass. I've got another speaker that's like a waterproof that's one. No, it's, it's not made by any big brand. It's like a fiver from like John Lewis. Um, and it's in the shower. But when you connect to it, it's called Shower Party. Now, oh my God. It just sounds a bit dirty, Chris. I'm having a shower party. shower party. I'm connecting to my shower party. It doesn't seem right. So basically, I want a, wa- I want a, a wireless Bluetooth speaker that's waterproof. I'm giving some legit advice on what to buy me for Christmas, guys. That's all I'm saying. No, nobody out there. I mean, my family. <laughs> yes. If you want to give something to Pete for Christmas, ladies and gentlemen, give, me a give him a shower it. party. <laughs> Nothing more. Exactly. Nothing less. That a man's shower having, party. That man's having a front door party. He's having a lovely time. So every day. When you're in the shower, studying your Japanese vocabulary, as we all know, that's where you that's study where your Japanese vocabulary. You do it whilst having a shower party, <laughs> simultaneously yeah. while studying. I'm off to um, I'm off to Romania at the weekend, uh, Friday, uh, and another uh, holiday. It's not really a holiday because basically I work weekends, but I work like a sat- Sunday afternoon. I've done something even more stupid in January, uh, so I've got a Cluj in Romania. Uh, just gonna have a wander around there for a bit. There's turns out there's very little things to do, which suits me because I'm a very limited person. I get up rather late. Um, but in January there was a sale on on flights from Heathrow to um, uh, Istanbul. Um, right. So I'm flying out. Right, get this. Eleven o'clock on Friday morning. I don't work Fridays or Saturdays. Flying out on Friday morning, getting there about tea time, uh, and then flying back out Sunday morning before my radio show, getting home oh at God. about 11 o'clock. So I'm spending one full day in Istanbul, four hours of flight, 
<laughs> to get What's his stuff that's... on back. So bizarre. Stupid. Stupid. Just be sure to take your Bluetooth speaker with you. Yeah. You don't know when it's going to come in handy. I think so. Yeah. So, this honestly, this was not sponsored by any Bluetooth company. I, ju- I was just surprised that something someone bought me I use every day. And I go, you know what? This was a good present. <laughs> so, well done, everyone. The best kind of presents. <laughs> Use them every day. Uh, hi, Chris and Pete. My name is Baihaki, and I'm a diploma-level architecture student living in Brunei. Whoa. Dar es Salaam. I love the word Dar es Salaam. It's my mm. favourite word. Dar es Salaam. Your podcast has always... <laughs> sounded really weird. Your podcast has always been my companion with a lot of caffeine for staying up late doing assignments, and they've always been wonderful to listen to. My question is, what are your favourite buildings in Japan, and Ooh. why? And which places in Japan would you recommend to find which is interesting and wonderful architecture, old or new? Uh, that's a really interesting question. I love my yeah. architecture. I love buildings. I think my favourite skyscraper is in Yokohama. It's the Landmark Tower. Uh, if anyone that's been to Yokohama, you will have probably seen it. It's a giant... It looks like a castle out of a chess... It looks like a chess piece. It looks like a castle. Right. Giant size and scale. Um, it's an incredible tower. It's about 300 metres in height, and it's a Goliath. Mm. Um, it's the second or third tallest skyscraper in Japan, and it looks incredible. The Sky Tree has... War- I've warmed up to it. I'm starting to like it more <laughs> It's very and more. good of you. <laughs> I'm getting there. It's taken six years. But the Sky Tree... <laughs> Tokyo Sky Tree, 634 metres of Sky Tree. Right. It's a big old building. But I remember I was in Tokyo recently and I was turning the corner and down a back alley somewhere in Asakusa. Yeah. And um, I just looked up and there it was on the horizon. And I think the sun was uh, going down. The pink sky over this massive skyscraper looming and I had all the sort of cables hanging overhead um, because obviously the cables in Japan are everywhere. And it just looked really cool. Um, the sky tree has definitely grown on me. Hmm. But uh, yeah, the landmark tower... In Yokohama, it's probably my favourite skyscraper hmm. in Japan. My favourite castle is mm, it's either Himeji Castle or Matsuyama Castle, right? Because Matsuyama Castle's on the uh, on a mountain in the middle of the city, and it's you get an amazing three sixty view. Um, so that's quite a cool structure. I don't know. I have to think a little bit more. What about you, Pete? Any anything spring to mind? I mean, everything kind of. Uh, you've probably heard me tapping away. It's really hard to type quietly on a mechanical keyboard. Uh, another piece of electronic machinery I didn't need, but I bought. Um, the NTT Dokomo Yoyogi building, which is basically a skyscraper oh, in Shinjuku, yeah. Shinjuku, that just looks like the Empire State Building. They've just ripped it That's off, right. fucking tooth and nail. It's the fourth tallest <laughs> building in Tokyo, and it's basically just a copy of the Empire State Building. The arrogance, yeah. especially because down the way you've got the Tokyo Tower, which is a rip off of the uh, of the old um, the Eiffel one in Paris, Tower. the Eiffel Tower. So you know, the one in Paris. Yeah, the, the one, one in Paris. Paris. I was buying my time. What is it? The world's most <laughs> famous skyscraper. What's it called? The one in Paris. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> the um, the Docomo Tower's beautiful. Uh, it does look <laughs> like... A, I've never seen the real uh, <laughs> the real Empire State Building. Well, imagine so the Docomo Tower, and it's just like that. But what I like about that building is that it's it's not actually the head office of the company. They're located in the um, Sano Park Tower, um, the building houses a couple of offices, but it's mainly just for technical equipment. It's mainly just for like wires and shit. It's just basically storage. 
your sort of place then. Definitely, definitely. Wires everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it does look cool. It really helps to give a, a sense of definition to the Shinjuku yeah. skyscraper district, which is just a hodgepodge of uh, skyscrapers in downtown mm. Tokyo. Um, one of my favourite districts because there's just some beautiful, beautiful buildings there. Mm. Um, there's a there's a yeah, big there's a big like chimney in. I'm trying to remember. There's a big chimney. Uh, it's on one of the stops in the Yanomoto line. It might be Ikibukuru. Ikibukuru. Ikibukuro. Yeah, I know. I know which one you're thinking. It's of. just it's a big of chimney. A it, they, chimney. They, yeah, a huge chimney. It just burned or used to burn rubbish um, in Ikibukuro, and uh, that's an interesting just construction because you just rarely see in the middle of quite small buildings just this gigantic um, chimney, and it reminds me of the old Hartlepool. Um, uh, general Hospital that used to burn like old bandages and nappies and stuff day and night. <laughs> Brilliant. A beautiful, a beautiful picture painted there of your hometown, Pete. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a shell. A hospital but... <laughs> with a giant flaming chimney. <laughs> there was a there was a piece in the BBC on the BBC about Hartlepool. I have to send it over. But uh, the highlight about uh, vigilantes going out and uh, protecting their them and their friends is. Um, uh, property, uh, all men sort of going out and protecting their their, their stuff from miscreants. Uh, the highlight was a CCTV clip of a man pooing in his own hand, and that was on the BBC website. Thanks, Hartlepool, you're the best. Oh, <laughs> and, and you regret leaving Hartlepool to move to London? I, I'm only coming back to switch on their Christmas lights. I'm joking, it's a great place <laughs> with great people. They have just been let down for too long by some pretty poor management. And, oh, it's the eighth highest council tax in the whole of the UK, Hartlepool. I, I just, I, I think for listeners outside the UK, they're just going to be confused <laughs> in such awe and horror of your hometown. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I won't judge it till I go there, and I'm going to go there never. Uh, no. The next comment is from but Jennifer thank you, from Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Chris and Pete. I love listening to your podcast on my mm. morning commute to work. It makes my drive much more pleasant. Chris, you've mentioned before that female fans rarely approach you when they see you out in the real world because they find you intimidating. That's <laughs> uh, true. That's true, actually. I'll get on that in a minute. As an extremely introverted or grumpy woman living and working in a small town <laughs> in Alabama where southern hospitality is a pretty big deal, I'm almost required to be constantly chirpier and friendlier. I'm often often told that I look intimidating or unapproachable because I rarely smile or initiate conversations with strangers. In Japan, <laughs> do people tend to interact interact a lot with strangers, like acknowledging them with a smile or hello while walking down the street, or strike up a conversation in passing? Keep up the great work, Jennifer from Alabama. Um, and I find that word really hard to say in a British accent because Alabama. Just in, in in British pronunciation, we'd say Alabama, but it doesn't sound right, does it? Would Alabama. we? That, yeah, you've got to go with Alabama. It's it's not right. Alabama. <laughs> um, interesting question. Interesting comment. Um, I do get literally no girls coming and talking to me in person. Mm. Oh, what I did get when I was cycling, I got spotted quite a lot in major cities like uh, Kyoto or Osaka or Fukuoka. Lots of people did come and say hello, and ninety percent of the time, it is a guy. It is a guy. Um, as you would have seen, right, when we were in Kyoto, you, mm. I remember you were there. The monkey Kyoto, park, Osaka, the there was so many people, it was crazy. 20, at least like 10 times, 10, 20 times, mm. that monkey park alone. And it was all guys. Some of them were but monkeys. What I did find, <laughs> so even the monkeys said hello, I was, I was in awe. Um, but I was at this, um, a, few, a few days later, I think in Fukuoka, I went to this Buddhist statue, which I was doing a video about. And... 
uh, a few hours after I left it, I looked on my phone. I think I was looking through Instagram or something, Instagram messages. And some girl had taken a photo of me uh, recording in front of the Buddha statue. It was really kind of scary. <laughs> it was just like, is this you, Chris? Was this you? And I was like, yeah, it was me. Why don't you come and say hello instead of taking scary voyeuristic photos of me out and about it's really this happened to me a few times people just take a photo of me in public and then send it to me like is this you was this you and it's kind of creepy um but yeah i i was like why don't you just come and say hello and she said oh you know you look busy and scary and intimidating and uh, i'm not that intimidating in person i'm actually i think i'm kind of, kind of friendly yeah, you are. I, I think, it was, I think it was because a, you're, your humour... in my voice there when I said that. But. Your humour is a little acerbic and a little bit sarcastic at times and satirical. So I think um, people might find that um, intimidating. Uh, and you've got to remember the um, idiot factor. Most men are idiots, so they'll get themselves into all kinds of trouble at the drop of a hat. So I wouldn't worry about that. But I've been to Alabama. Southern hospitality is a big deal um, right through the south and I love that part of the world because it's just wonderful so um, Jennifer from Alabama um, I'm sure you might think that you're introverted you might think that you um, uh, are a little grumpy your words not ours uh, I imagine you're just about fine I'm sure she's lovely and to answer the question though Jennifer uh, people don't say as high as much as we would get back home I'd say it's small talk is far less common in Japan and the problem mm. is when you do have small talk it's often the same three or four questions so why are you here why are you in Japan yeah how long are you here for um so yeah small talk is rarer in Japan as we said last week I think the the best place to meet people in Japan and get people talking to you is Osaka where people will talk to you randomly, and if you draw a fake gun and pretend to shoot them randomly on the street, <laughs> they'll react to it, bizarrely. Yeah, we learned um, that last it week. It does happen. <laughs> but, um, no, it's quite rare. It's quite rare, unfortunately. Um, so, I don't know. I guess you'll have to see when you come here. Find out what happens. It was a bit anticlimactic, wasn't it? I was expecting something brilliant there, something profound. But, no, yeah, people don't talk too much. That's the, that's the bottom line, sadly. <laughs> and that's the truth. I miss it. I miss the small talk. I remember actually going back home to the UK for the first time after I'd lived in Japan two and a half years without returning home to the UK. Mm. And I went to a shop and it was just a sweet shop. And the staff, I, I struck up a conversation with the staff. And you don't really do that in Japan much. The staff here are very formal. Yeah. Um, they're very good, very well disciplined. But it's, it's very formal and you can't really get to see the humanity of the, the person you're talking to at a shop. Whereas in the UK, you know, you just talk to them like a normal person and I miss that I remember when I was in the UK that first time going back I just started harassing all the staff in every shop I went into I tried to start a big old conversation because I could and I, they, I just saw the staff getting really angry at me after like five minutes like why are you still talking to me get out but I just wanted to talk to people I wanted to be loved um, but that doesn't happen in Japan so, no, yeah. it, and I think that's why sometimes it can be a little bit isolating as well, especially if you don't speak the language. <laughs> next question, next question. Um, shall we go down to um, Noah's? Does that work for you? Yes, the Tesla guy. Yeah. 
Hey, Chris Tesla and Pete. Guy. I listen to the podcast while I'm working in one of the body shops for Tesla, which is quite huge. Um, I'm going to um, Japan for the first time in April for a three-week vacation with my girlfriend and possibly parents as well. That's a good, that's a good period of time. Three weeks, I think, is just about perfect because you get over the first, perfect. oh, my God, and then, you know, you get a bit of time to just acclimatise a bit. My question is, what are your thoughts of the new golden route where you take seven days to go down the coast of Japan from Tokyo to Kyoto instead of uh, directly to it? And uh, also, do we need to uh, worry about bears <laughs> also, also how many days should you spend in Osaka and Kyoto to get a good grasp of the city alright questions yeah um, Dr Questionstein greedy rascal no. um, it's quite <laughs> interesting though so he sent a picture through of this new route that I've never heard about <laughs> the Hokuriku Pass so right. obviously if you come to Japan you get JR rail passes for different mm. parts of the country which makes travelling on bullet trains and public transport phenomenally cheaper and this route is quite interesting. I've never seen this before. You start in Tokyo. You then appear to go to somewhere in Niigata. I think you go to Toyama City and then Kanazawa and then Fukui and then Kyoto. And if you want, on the map, there is a little day trip into Takayama in Gifu, which mm. is um, the city where we filmed the Pachinko video, actually, back in July. Ah. It's a really beautiful place. They've got these kind of old houses from the 1800s Edo era um, untouched and it's kind of beautiful it looks like a good route actually I really like it yeah um, I would recommend it definitely because most people do just go from Tokyo to Kyoto direct if you've got three weeks I would highly recommend this route because Kanazawa is beautiful from what I saw of it when I passed through it on the cycle however briefly it was Toyama was good but I wouldn't necessarily go there on my holiday I would if you were doing this route I would go to Kanazawa and I would go to Takayama in Gifu because it's an amazing little city so yeah but that won't take you an extra week so yeah divert some of those extra days to Osaka and Kyoto if you want a good time in Osaka and Kyoto I would spend at least three days in each the minimum you know that's the most amount the least amount sorry that you'd need to really see and enjoy and do things so three days Mm. each in Osaka and Kyoto and uh, yeah and then maybe two days in Kanazawa and a day in Takayama yeah Um, really cool route though for those of you wondering again that route was it's the Hokuriku route Um, the new golden route I think if you just type that into Google it should come up new golden route well, the, um, yeah. the Kanazawa was um, one of the places that I visited for the first time this time uh, with the ninja yeah, houses yeah. and like I got a little bike and I rode up and down the river and uh, it really was lovely. One to ten? Uh, it's up there. It's up there from my experiences. I'd give it a strong seven and a half. Seven and a half. Mm. See, I was really looking forward to it because we cycled through it. And Kanazawa, mm. for those of you that don't know, it's kind of... It used to be one of the richest places in Japan. Um, it's a bit. It's it's about an hour away from Kyoto, and it's round the Sea of Japan side, around the back end of Japan. And it's a very decadent, very beautiful looking city. It's got the most grand looking station I've ever seen. Did you see that, Pete? The station. Yes. It looks stunning. like a dictator's palace. It looks like <laughs> a palatial estate. Um, it was <laughs> but. I'd love to go there properly and have another look around. But when we went there, it was raining. And so the only thing we did was go around the market, which was an incredible market. We made a video about it, um, so check that out. But, um, yeah, I'm going to go back there and have a look because I feel um, kind of envious that you got to see more of it than I did. Now you've been back <laughs> there yourself, Pete. Yeah. Cycled up and down it. Got a question here from Comma Code. Comma Code. Hmm. Uh, hi, guys. Love the podcast. I have a stupid question. 
when I was in Tokyo. Don't be so harsh on yourself, Comic Code. I'm sure it's not stupid. Sure, it's when fine. I was in Tokyo a couple of years ago, I wanted to try a beef bowl from Hoshin- Yoshinoya in Ginza. Hmm. Uh, the problem is, I didn't know how to open the door since there were no handles. It looked like it was a sliding door, but I d- didn't see any signs to confirm my theory. <laughs> I was too afraid to try since I might look like an idiot failing at opening the door in front of a Japanese salaryman who were already inside the shop. I waited for several minutes for someone to enter the shop so I could copy their behaviour and how to open the door. But no one came to my rescue. I gave up and walked to McDonald's instead to try a teriyaki burger. How the hell do I open these doors? Thanks, Comicode. Okay, I'll take back my first comment. That was a... I'm not going to say stupid question... I must have said. I must admit, though, that is the sort of situation I found myself in many times in Japan, yeah. not knowing how to do something, and then just watching and trying to copy the behaviours of other people. I will reveal now: the doors to Yoshinoya are sliding automatic doors. Mm. Um, so you sort of walk up to it; and it should just open, or you can tap the door. Like um, it's quite common in Japan, the door handle you actually tap it mm. uh, rather than push it. It's kind of got this touch sensor, and you tap the door, and it slides open. So if you never see a handle or it's not clear. How the door opens, just walk up to it. Give it a little tap. tap. the door near the handle, where the handle should be, and the door will open. Um, yeah, I'm fairly sure that happened to me, though, so I'll let you off there. Yeah, I'm massively. Not, there's, there's, there's one place in the corner of Chinatown that does little kind of bento boxes and stuff, and all of, uh, it's a Japanese-run uh, company and stuff, and they've got those doors, and it's the only place I've ever seen them outside of um, Japan. And it is, the, the, the Yoshinoya is one of those places where, yeah, that really does remind me of those doors, because they are automatic, but you've got to um, kind of request the door to uh, automatically open, if, if, if that's fair. Just give it a little tap, give it a little punch. If in doubt, punch it, all right? <laughs> <laughs> if you doubt, punch the door. Yeah, exactly. Um, I love the way this this whole podcast <laughs> has just descended into a conversation about doors and numerous <laughs> shapes and forms. Well, we start, doors I, that open, doors I that don't, doors good. that I get banged, that, and doors that don't. Exactly. I think we started the podcast talking about a door. We're ending the podcast talking about a door. There's a beautiful journey there, and we're just right back where we started. I'm chill yes, about the it. Ti- the title of this week's podcast will have to have something door related in it, no doubt. <laughs> the doors. <laughs> Watch the ratings plummet. For now, though, guys, that is all the questions we have time for. Do keep mm. them coming. Do send them in to us at abroadinjapanpodcast at gmail.com. We will be back next week to do it all over again. But for yes. now, no matter where you might be listening from out there in the big wide world, from Sweden to Brazil, have yourself a great week, and we'll see you next time. Have a good one. Bye. Mind the door.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.